0: Today I'm going to be talking to Carl Harrison about creating a virtual Oxford in Second Life. Mm -hmm. So the first question I'd like to ask you is, what exactly is Second Life?
1: Alright, well Second Life is a virtual world, a computer-based virtual world, so it really is a a space on your computer, a three-dimensional space on the computer, where you can explore um, landscapes uh, and we with people. So it's a, a virtual environment in a very true sense. So before Second Life, sort of virtual environments could be either two things, games, where you can run around and kill things and or, or interact with some people in this sort of gaming environment. Or they're very much sort of a virtual world would be sort of tech space where you chat with people. Like perhaps uh, Facebook itself, it's a virtual world, it's a social virtual world, and instead of going to a pub, you can chat with your friends uh, there. So Second Life is actually, ha- combines all those elements together into a single sort of software package, where you've got the three-dimensional space, which you would associate with a, a fancy computer game, but also you've got the social space, where people are there, and that's the important thing. It's a multi-user um, space, so when you're exploring the virtual world, other people are there as well, other real people, not computer-based people, which you would find in the game, and there are fifty-one thousand people now this very second uh, exploring Second Life, doing things in Second Life, um, and but it's not just only fifty-one thousand. That's actually how many people are online alive now at the moment. So if you were to fly around, you would bump into fifty-one thousand people eventually. Um, if you Think about the bigger numbers, Um, when you see the 51,000 number, it also says how many people have used it in the last month, and there's 1.3 million people have used this space in the last month, so it's real people exploring it, and I'm not really sure the total numbers, but I think it might be something like 12 to 15 million people have actually attempted to use it at some point, so it's a very big world.
0: And what exactly are these 51,000 people doing as we speak now? I, I think the,
1: the, the interesting thing about it is it's a bit like trying to ask the question is what if you went into a, a town, a real town, what would everybody be doing there? Some people um, would be working. Well, in Second Life you can actually you get paid to be in places uh, and so you can have a job in Second Life. You could be shopping, and the Second Life has a huge air section of its virtual space uh, uh, dedicated to shopping and buying things for your own personal character, which you have. Um, each individual person would have an avatar, which is their three um, D representation of themselves in this virtual world. So you can go shopping for that virtual avatar to buy clothes and objects and things like that. Uh, and also then, because it's a huge landscape, there'll be a lot of people exploring the landscape, looking at three um, D buildings and shapes and things like that. But then there's the there's business use of um, Second Life, so there'll be a large number of uh, people who have virtual meetings. So that's perhaps what when I say there are people doing a job, they're actually doing their real life job in Second Life. So they're meeting other people. Uh, and discussing what they would normally do in a real job. So it's just instead of having to fly or travel to meet someone, you can do it virtually. And the neat thing is you're actually seeing a character representation of them. You can type, you can actually do voice chats as well. Uh, so you can have this engaging environment. And there's education going on. So you can be going to a class. So you have, your teacher is talking about a particular subject but they can be actually dynamically showing the objects, whether it's movies or uh, images, and you're there with a group of other students, much like a real classroom. So I think most of the things you would think of being able to do in real life in a small town with 50,000 people, you could be doing that in Second Life as well.
0: So how do you apply Second Life to Oxford?
1: Well, Oxford itself, um, like many other universities, have got space in Second Life. Uh, The idea is that we can be using the Second Life technology to facilitate our learning uh, and sort of engaging the students in new ways. Um, Second Life has a number of opportunities to bring remote students together, perhaps students who missed a class or something like that or you have a discussion group after a class so instead of having to have it in the lecture theatre or actually physically in the building you could say okay in the evening let's all meet on our computers and discuss what we learned in the class or or chat amongst yourselves. The key thing is that your peers are there together. So the university itself has this space we've constructed areas for each of the sort of core divisions Uh, The university sort of learning is divided into, we've got the science area, the medical area, we've got the humanities area, we've got an area associated with the libraries and services, university and museums, and then we've got a continuing education area. So we've got different areas in this this sort of uh, 3D landscape uh, and people can go and explore and see see what we're doing uh, and interact with uh, each other there. The space itself is not public yet so it's only people who are effectively invited so if you were an academic and you wanted to use Second Life you sort of contact the Central University and say okay can I have my particular class of students a workshop or whatever um, in Second Life then they uh, you would tell the University who they were uh, and then they'll be registered into the system they could get onto the Second Life area and you could then um, meet with them and have their, your virtual tutorials or virtual uh, class, classes there. So at the moment, it's facilitating the learning of our current students. I would love to see the, our space uh, used to attract potential students as well. Um, one of the things, of course, is Oxford is a very attractive city. We have thousands or millions of tourists come here, um, but we can have tourists come to our virtual space as well and that was one of the things which I've done. I've constructed um, a 3D representation of the iconic buildings in Oxford here. Um, The buildings which we've got, which I built for the university, will look really good and we'll have lots of tourists within Second Life, because of course you can do that, um, come to the Oxford island uh, and say, ooh, this looks nice." But some of those tourists will actually say, actually, I quite like Oxford, I might quite fancy studying here. And then you wander around the space and come across some of the learning which you're doing and say, well, actually, I quite like that learning. Maybe I'm actually good enough to be a student here. And it's sort of breaking down some of the barriers. We're reaching to a different target audience and therefore it has potential to attract new students. So I think it wins on both space.
0: So in many ways, it's another ways of marketing Oxford, opening it up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, now of course, one of the questions is when we're building Second Life, do we want to have this sort of very modern uh, sort of look to uh, our space, virtual space, which is very different from our traditional view of Oxford. Um, I went down the traditional line because I think we've got fantastic buildings and they look good. Uh, and so, and some of the buildings, though, our uh, own buildings, which are iconic, students don't normally spend time in. For example, the Sheldonian Theatre, which is one of the, the major buildings, tourist buildings in Oxford. A student wouldn't have any education done in there. They um, um you, there's a term for when you start your degree I think it's matriculation,
0: matriculation.
1: yeah you go into the you for your matriculation but also then you go at the edge of your degree to get your degree ceremony and that, so that's the only two times you've got to go in there unless you go to some concert or something like that whereas in Second Life you actually can go to lectures I've actually got a video screen in there so you can see some of our podcasting uh, video feeds from the university podcasting library on iTunes, you can see that in the Sheldon New Theatre. So it's a really nice
0: space. Well, you're also creating your own yes, virtual Oxford. Yes,
1: absolutely, and one of the iconic buildings is the Radcliffe camera. And I looked at the sort of the original architectural drawings of the Radcliffe camera. And I think actually, when you, you can actually even see it in real life, is on the ground floor, there's these lovely big arches, and at the moment, it's uh, It's got metal grates in front of it and it's got glass behind it, and they've actually made the ground floor uh, a reading room. I think it's the English department's uh, reading room. But look at the original plans, Is it didn't look like that at all. It was actually very much an, uh, an open space where you could walk in from the street and it didn't have a lawn outside, it was paved right up to the edge and probably paved underneath. Uh, and so it's very much like sort of town hall building, sort of in a market town, where you've got, uh, and there's many examples around the country, where you've got this sort of town hall building which is on these pillars and people walk and you would have market underneath there. And I think that's what the Radcliffe camera is built like. And so what I did is recreate that space so you can actually walk underneath and look up into the ceiling space and then there's a room above it which you can walk up into so it has potential to not subvert the view but perhaps restore what some of the original buildings might have been like and so I had a lot of fun recreating in my virtual world um, some uh, perhaps the original buildings and their original use.
0: So virtually you're an extremely powerful man if, yeah. if you're able to I change, change yes. reality and yeah. make a better one that you prefer.
1: Yes well um, <laughs> yes I'm acting like God in our virtual space yes in that respect.
0: Who actually funds this? Um, Who's behind this? Like, do you get paid to create this, or is there sponsorship? Um,
1: If we go back to the beginning, uh, I think two years ago when uh, the university really started paying attention to this um, and and got keen on uh, the potential Second Life, and it was about two years ago. Really, Second Life had a huge amount of press interest um, uh, in the media and education and IT press. Uh, and it became the, sort of the darling of the press in terms of that you'd get something like a ten-page article in the Sunday Times magazine sort of thing talking about potential Second Life, and they and lots of newspapers and media organisations would have their reporters go into Second Life and explore and write about it. So. Um, and that's what got me interested in uh, Second Life, and I've been interested in virtual worlds for a long time. It's part of my job, and so I thought, well, there's potential here, and so I got myself um, an account and was playing in there and building things. And so, uh, but uh, about two years ago, I was talking to a friend here in the computer service and said, "This, this, this virtual world, and you should see what you can do in it." So. He's, he said, all right, well, let's come, Carl, come and show the computer service what you can do. And um, the computer service has a Friday afternoon talk, I think it is. Uh, so I presented a, a, a talk and instead of expecting to have five people there, just about everybody in OECS turned up to the talk, including uh, the, the director of IT for the whole university and the, the, um, and the director of the computer service himself. And so we um, gave a very good presentation uh, with Peter Robinson uh, showing the potential of Second Life. And and the university then sort of, thought, okay, we, we, act, we want to explore this more formally. So they, and this is the thing actually, to have the ability to build, you need to own some virtual land in Second Life. So there's actually a commercial transaction here. So the computer service kindly said, okay, well, we're interested in this. So they bought um, some space in Second Life to build this virtual world. How much
0: did it cost?
1: um, I think it costs per annum, I think it's something like uh, £1,600. Now, that sounds a lot of money. But when you think of having a, a virtual chat system, a virtual conferencing system, a virtual streaming media system, a virtual 3D world, virtual programming thing, all bundled together into one package, actually turns out to be really quite cheap. Uh, because the costs of a lot of software packages to, to do that is really expensive. Um, so it's actually quite affordable. but. Uh, but there's a problem there. (laughs) Yes, you can buy this land, but then it's empty, a flat piece of land. So the um, computer service thought, well, we need to populate this with some space. So they had a design competition uh, and um, open to people from around the university and even outside to build uh, Virtual Oxford, and fortunately I won it. (laughs) And the design competition did actually have some cash reward, which um, was very kind of them, but it enabled me to spend some time to create it. It's quite time consuming. You're building uh, three dimensional buildings. Um, the software itself, to be honest, is not that user friendly to do building in, unless you're quite experienced with it. Um, I am a, a experienced three D modeler, but it's a different environment, and I sort of sort of start again, but. One of the nice things which I have opportunity to access is one of the a side project, let us say, um, is I photograph Oxford a lot and I have a huge website called the Virtual Tour of Oxford, but that's not a virtual 3D world, it's actually a, a photographic tour of Oxford, um, and so on your computer you can explore lots of, um, of these iconic buildings at Oxford in real photographs. And what that enables me to do then is, because they're all my photographs, I can then use those photographs to basically cover the 3D on the skin of these 3D objects which I build, the actual real sort of brickwork or windows of our real buildings. So the 3D second life which we have is actually photorealistic to the real, um, outside
0: so you're using photographs as your as yeah. your building blocks effectively well
1: uh, they they coat the surface of the building blocks so i don't have to actually to build a Radcliffe camera is really quite time consuming you um i think it's actually building curved shapes not easy <laughs> um, and getting the curved shapes to i suppose it's if you're building something out of bricks, straight bricks, to actually make a curved building out of that, it's not easy to do. And so, similar to second Life, you've got these uh, primitive objects, which are uh, uh, squares and rectangles. There are spheres, but you can't build a, a building out of one sphere. Um, and so you have to build thousands of these objects together to create the larger one and so lining them up perfectly and using mathematical programming even to to construct some of these objects as required. And then once you've built the sort of the, the base model then you can stick to the outside your photographic images which um, uh, give it the sort of life-likeness to the space. So And that works quite well. Um,
0: so obviously you're spending so much time building this world. You obviously believe in its potential. What do you think Second Life could achieve for Oxford, um, particularly in regards to education? What would be the real benefits of it taking off?
1: Um. Really the focus is engaging your students in the education and uh, trying to t- uh, teach to them. And there are a number of ways you can do that. One is there's a whole section of the lear- learning which would go on in any other university and obviously at Oxford is the your interaction with your peers, that discussion. Uh, and Second Life facilitates that. Now okay, of course you can have those discussions in a classroom but often those classroom settings are quite formal. Uh, where Second Life has the potential of being much more informal and allowing let's say the shy and I, I, I hate saying this too much, but it has potential of having the person who's perhaps more shy in a, a formal setting been able to be open up. Now, of course, the opposite can occur that the the person who are computer phobic uh, are, are afraid of using this. Well, of course, this is not going to replace our learning. It's just a way of facilitating the learning. And if you can engage a handful of the students... Well, and you weren't engaging before. That has potential. So it's the discussion, the communication. That's very much the major thing about Second Life is, is the community there. But because it also has this three-dimensional side, it has this particular programming language in there, to use Second Life to visualize things which you don't normally see in the classroom you present something on the screen or on a overhead projector or on a blackboard um, this is a two-dimensional D two surface whereas Second Life we've got the three-dimensional world where your character uh, can explore through it and uh, you have the ability to build objects um, which people wouldn't normally see um, and so in my own subject, um, what I've been doing is building three-dimensional molecules. Um, now, of course, you can have software to build three normal computer software to build three-dimensional molecules. But actually, the way you manipulate things in um, in software is very different to how you can manipulate them in the Second Life, because in Second Life you can actually pick something up and move it, and and if you're thinking about the future, this, this has some really interesting things, is one area of the future is interfacing computers with real life. In, and what that means is you can film yourself manipulating an object, but in real life, on a computer screen what you're seeing is a different representation of the object. So, for example, if you film in that sphere, and my, in my own subject uh, of chemistry, what you can do is have molecules. So in your hand, you can have plastic models. Okay, that's not too exciting. But on a computer screen, you can be showing the attractive forces between those molecules. So you can move them together, and on this computer screen, you can see the bonding which is happening. And now then what you can do is start to think, but what we can do is have uh, another layer on it, it's called augmented reality. So what's happening there is you actually can physically feel resistance or attraction of objects which a computer is simulating. So now all that's quite complicated to do, but Second Life because it's a three-dimensional world, we can manipulate things in that three-dimensional world. It has the potential to make that technology much more accessible, and much easier, and so that's where my interest lies: is sort of building virtual objects, which is of interest in my own subject, and then trying to think of ways of interfacing your real-life experience with with those 3D objects. So that's, that has an exciting area.
0: So, you've just demonstrated how it can really facilitate learning, or potentially it really could. Mm-hmm. What concerns would you have regarding Second Life?
1: Well, I, I, I think the, one of the issues, of course, is that um, some as people could say, it's, let's say, it's a game, you're wasting time doing this. But to be honest, um, you could say that about anything huge number of our students could spend a lot of their time organising their social life in Facebook. Um, Would you say that Facebook is a bad thing? Well, it might be if they spend too much time in it. But um, if you didn't have that that there, they would organise their social life by talking to people. (laughs) And so, I, I don't know. Second Life, yes, if you are not good at managing your time, Second Life could then have the ability to take up a lot of your time doing and not productive things, let's say. <laughs> but so could anything else in life do the same thing. So it's what you make of it and uh, and how dedicated you are to managing your own learning, let's say. So um, I don't think there's a worry there, really.
0: Um, One recurring theme so far, has been how it enhances communication, and mm-hmm. you know, it makes it easier for people to interact, particularly those people who are shy. Mm-hmm. Um, surely, an integral part of education is meeting people and interacting with people face to face. And do you think that uh, Second Life is really what we want?
1: Um. Of course, yeah, in an ideal world, yes, um, uh, absolutely. Um, And Oxford, of course, is very, very lucky. We have our tutorial system, so you have this fantastic interaction with your tutors, um, often in a one-to-one situation or one-to-two situation where you're learning intimately uh, about the subject. Uh, But often in perhaps if you're designing a new course which is not embedded into the Oxford Tutorial System, you have difficulty sort of timetabling the space or even the, the tutors to interact um, with the students and sort of on that level. Whereas um, Second Life has the ability to sort of replicate a little bit of that um, one-to-one contact, things like that. Yeah, I, I think, yes, in an ideal world, everyone would learn in the Oxford tutorial method. Um and of course we're very lucky here we are, <laughs> are learning in that way. Many other universities can't afford the, the the cost of tutoring at that level is incredibly high um and so second Life has a way of reducing that cost in in part and um, by get getting people to collaborate together in this computer based system um. I, th- I think the thing is, I'm not saying it's gonna, ever going to replace it. I think it's just a another way of facilitating interactions. Uh, and you can make it really engaging by um, having extra animations or an extra, extra multimedia in, embedded into it. But um, it's just another way of doing the education, I think. And I, 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 I'm never going to say that computers re- replace anything we do.